You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the podcast all about Atlanta real estate. Today, I'm super excited to sit down with our guest and talk all things uh, kind of Atlanta history as well as uh, transportation. I mean, we're going to go in a lot of different directions, so I, I'm super excited about this. But I'm Matt Lamarche. I'm your guest host today. I am the 2022 YPN chair here for the Atlanta Realtors Association. And again, super excited to sit down with our man Quinn today and talk all things Atlanta real estate as well as history, his history here in the city, um, and just really excited about it. So Quinn, thanks for joining us first and foremost. <laughs> Welcome. I'm glad to be here, Matt. I appreciate uh, you having me. Absolutely. So for the listeners out there that don't know Quinn, Give us just like a two, three minute bio, uh, history in Atlanta, you know, kind of summarize everything here for us in the Reader's Digest version of who is Quinn or no. The Reader's Digest <laughs> version. I remember that magazine. Maybe some of our <laughs> listeners are a little too young, um, but that was the small one you always see at the, the checkout lines and things. But I grew up in uh, Stone Mountain on the uh, Gwinnett County side, which is a uh, suburb of Atlanta. You know, I'm sure many of y'all picture the giant mountain when you hear that and then Kind of moved over to the Grayson area, uh, traveled. Um, my mother was actually the assistant principal at the high school I went to, which was interesting since I didn't always uh, <laughs> didn't always immediately follow the rules I didn't understand. But we had a great time and a great relationship. Uh, then, um, you know, after high school, I went up to the, uh, the University of Georgia, studied economics there, and then uh, wanted to continue to have a good time. So the first thing I did when I left school was uh, move down to, to Buckhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... After about six or seven months, I actually uh, was in a position to purchase my first property over in the Virginia Highland area at an old condo building, which was not in wonderful shape, but was in a great location for me at the time and the thing I was, I was into at that age. And uh, worked in uh, insurance with a major carrier for 10 years or so. And then I will tell people that real estate saved my life get to be myself and work with the people that I want to and uh, serve my community. And um, for the last uh, however many years I've had a role here at the Atlanta Realtors Association and been able to help the industry that has helped me, so to speak. Awesome. Very good. Well, I I love the story too, because, and you mentioned it off air here before we got started, you learn a lot more about people when you get them in these types of environments and you just start talking. So one of the interesting things though, is I think your migration kind of out of the city in the suburbs. And we were saying before Atlanta is a city of neighborhoods. So, you know, you move five minutes in one direction, there's a different neighborhood. And, you know, to me, it's interesting though. you made the migration from the suburbs into the city. And most people around our age, we'll just call us 40s-ish, <laughs> kind of do the opposite. They start off in the city, and you mentioned Buckhead, and then eventually start a family, move out into the suburbs. So what triggered that for you? Why? Why? What was the appeal of going back into, say, major metropolitan Atlanta? Well, you know, at first it was all about wanting to, I'll be honest, I wanted to keep the good, good times going after college. <laughs> I had some friends in the uh, Buckhead area. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, which I think is true for pretty much mm-hmm. most people in their early 20s. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I found that uh, I had some friends living on the other side of town, so moved over there. And then 
I think I enjoyed my life in town and kind of found ways to uh, fit my lifestyle about around where I, I lived, um, enjoying the, the parks and the green spaces in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, about the time I was about 30, I met my now wife and not long after that, uh, sold her the second house I ever sold, uh, a little house in Grant Park that I had shown actually to another client of mine. It was a terrible fit for them. I don't know why I showed them that house. But I told uh, I told my now wife that you need to go see this house. She was kind of looking at condos. And, you know, we wrote an offer uh, that night and uh, got it. And we still live there today um, wow. in, the, uh, in the Grant Park neighborhood. Interesting. So, so that's like another rarity. I mean, now the average, they say, is like 13 years between people moving from one location to another. Obviously, we think the pandemic has had a lot to do with that. When it, when it used to be seven, we were like, okay, we can count on, you know, a referral, a repeat client or something every seven years. But now it's almost double that, 13 years. So much like you, I've lived in Sandy Springs for the last 11 years. And when we moved, people told us we were crazy, that we thought we were going to stay 20 years. But we love Sandy Springs, and that's why... You know, we made the decision to move here and, and stay, but um, I love that we kind of share that. We have that commonality. So so what is it about the neighborhood that you like? Was there anything other than the location, other than the proximity to the green space and parks or anything else? Well, one thing I've always loved is I feel like uh, living almost near downtown, there is a lot of variety in the day-to-day you may have, especially if you're walking around the neighborhood. Uh, you know, we've got the Capitol uh, close to downtown. I remember one one year for our legislative days, I actually rode a bird scooter home, uh, <laughs> and that was fun. But uh, one thing I love about living in a walkable neighborhood, and I'm taking NAR's green designation course right now, and it mm-hmm. talks a lot about sustainability as it relates to walkable neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. and. You know, one of the facets of that is I can walk out of my house and basically have a day where I'm not getting in the car. Um, I can walk to the park, to a local brewery or restaurant. Uh, I got married in the Oakland Cemetery, which is right across the street from our house, essentially. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think just kind of having that ability to make my days up as I go along and not having a set plan for a day or a weekend... um, Actually, now that I think, I've kind of designed my entire life around <laughs> delaying decisions, and yeah. I feel pretty good about how that's gone so far. It's paid off. Um, but I also love the historical mm. architecture in the neighborhood. It was one of our more well-preserved neighborhoods because the historic district was there early. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's just been a place I've really enjoyed. Uh, I do have to admit there is some stubborn nature of I'll, I refuse to move because people think I will, especially now that we have a young son in the house. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I love um, the cemetery. I mean, you mentioned it. It's, it's not your typical cemetery by any stretch. It's super historic, but it's beautiful. Like the gardens and the grounds there are, I've, I've spent some, some time there volunteering with uh, some brokerages and other nonprofits and stuff. It's a beautiful place, and it's super underrated. So maybe at some point we'll have to work an underrated, overrated into the podcast here on Atlanta history and sure. real estate and stuff. I think that could be kind of cool. But I do want to kind of take it back to, like, childhood. So, you know, again, you and I are about the same age. Uh, we've seen a lot of change here in Atlanta, not just in real estate, but just in the city in general. So, you know, 1996 rolls around. We got the Olympics here, like, 
a major economic boom. And then as a lot of sporting events and sporting venues and facilities that, you know, have become more recent now with Truist Field moving out to Cobb County and, um, of course, Mercedes-Benz and everything. So talk to us a little bit about, like, your childhood, obviously being outside the city um, or, you know, the major hub of Atlanta, if you will, and then the change that you've seen here in the city. And, again, not just as, as it relates to sports and and the history, but, um, you know, just the geography because we've seen a massive – population increase in, you know, call it 40 years now. <laughs> well, I love that you, you end that passage on that, because I think one thing that people don't understand if they are recently learning about or coming to Atlanta is that this has not been a large city for very long. Um, I mean, the largest sports team we had into the 60s was a minor league uh, baseball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the population growth has been expansive as uh, suburban sprawl happened. And, um, I actually, all my grandparents went to Grady High School. My parents grew up in DeKalb County, and then I grew up in Gwinnett County. Um, And I remember the day, and when I was watching and the Olympics were announced, uh, the city of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. you can hear Juan Antonio Samarantra, whatever his name is, saying that, (laughs) and thinking, wow, that's cool. But I was not, I was 14, so I kind of knew it was a big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. 14, well, I was 14 when the Olympics got here, but they announced several years before. And I remember going to see the torch, and you hear about uh, what you see on the news and the renewal. And it's crazy to think about that people, many people learned about that, like, in the newspaper the next day. Like, we got the AJC and read that every day. Right, a real newspaper. Um, but that started change in the city that um, is still... Uh, we're still seeing things as a result of that. That was really kind of a landmark that, along with our airport and our wonderful and sometimes tough civil rights history, that has Atlanta in a position as an international city, along with our port in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's wonderful to look back now and see how Atlanta has grown up. Um, the city was kind of this mysterious place where I was forbidden to go when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in and out of town for uh, for events. Um, but now it's my home, and I love it, and uh, I'd like to find any way I can contribute to, to making it a better place along with our other realtors. Uh, so I could say, you know, it's a, it's a place I'll always love, and I'm glad to have come back in town where my grandparents grew up and um, – you know, still have love for the suburbs, of course, as well. Yeah. Well, I love that because there is so much to do here in the city, outside of the city. I mean, you know, when we moved to Sandy Springs, we wanted kind of the best of both worlds, right? To be close enough, but also to be able to get into the mountains and get to the, you know, the Chattahoochee and everything in between, right? Um, and, And for those of you that don't know, I mean, back in 96, the population of Atlanta, Metro at least, was like just under 3 million. And now it's six. <laughs> so it seems like a long time ago, but really, what, 26 years ago, right. give or take? Um, I mean, that's not that long ago. For us to double in population, that's a huge deal. And I can't tell you how many times I'm born and raised here, of course, and I can't tell you the number of neighbors, friends, colleagues, people that came here during the Olympics because, you know, first of all, for them to be hosted in Atlanta is one thing, but of course, in the United States is a whole nother and close enough to travel for most of the Southeast. It had been a while since the Olympics have been here. <laughs> so, or anywhere close and it was drivable for a lot of people, but a lot of people came and then stayed. They fell in love with the city of Atlanta. And, and I think that's really, really cool because now, and again, in the last two years, especially, 
um, you know, the freedom of business and the freedom of choice and a lot of other things that, um, you know, without getting too politically dug in here, um, have really kind of made Georgia stand out as a whole, but certainly Atlanta as now um, a technology hub, a, I mean, you mentioned earlier the railroads, like we're, we're a transportation hub. Um, and of course the airport being a huge piece of that. I think that is, again, probably the most underrated thing we ever talk about when it comes to transportation, but to have the world's largest airport uh, by the number of flights and passengers come through every single year is a massive deal to this city. So, so talk to us a little bit about the future. Like, where do you think, not just real estate, but the city of Atlanta, obviously there's a ton more of new economic activity. And since you studied that, I feel, feel like that's a great place for you to talk as well here. Um, movie, film, TV. I mean, we've got a lot of industries that even back around, you know, the Olympics didn't even exist here really. So where do you think the future of, of Atlanta and real estate and, and all of it's going to go here? Well, I feel like we're kind of burying the lead about Atlanta because I think the reason that people love Atlanta is because this is the one of the most fun places you could live in the world. Uh, you know, when I uh, lived in the Virginia Highland area, I heard this crazy idea about the Atlanta Beltline I was so fascinated <laughs> with. Now, I was stubborn and young and didn't pay attention or save like I should, or I would have bought every piece of real estate along <laughs> it that I could. Um, but one of the coolest things to me about watching Atlanta is you can see the city, aside from the, neg the negative side effects, gentrification, affordability, um, you know, lack of housing, uh, you know, the unhoused. Um, it's amazing to see life breathe back into all of these neighborhoods that had um, many vacant homes um, where streets and parks were dilapidated and just see see things getting hopefully better on over the long haul. Mm -hmm. I think that um, I think that the the Beltline, while it does have some negative externalities for neighborhoods, has serve to kind of help Atlantans realize that this is a city of neighborhoods, that you have different choices and that um, each neighborhood has kind of a different vibe and that what's happened is, is this city that has been geographically broken apart either for um, nefarious reasons, um, zoning, um, the interstate highway that was built through the neighborhood that I live in, which was an economically disadvantaged area at that time. Uh, you get to see this city coming back to life and things being stitched together and neighborhoods and communities that were separate are spending time together and traveling between neighborhoods. And um, it's wonderful. I think that, um, you know, it has something to offer for all varieties of, of ages and interests. And that's that's the thing I really love about Atlanta. Yeah, I think you're so right. And I think, you know, when we talk about real estate within the Atlanta Realtors Association or even the brokerage level or, you know, fill in the blank, I think we always talk about location, of course. And, <laughs> you know, depending on where you are in the city um, and you mentioned zoning, I think that those two are really, really closely uh, knitted because we we weren't a planned city. So no one had a grand master plan for what Atlanta was going to look like what it was going to feel like. And, and again, it's why this city is now just a bunch of neighborhoods that are all kind of conglomerated. Right. But certainly as far as zoning goes, you know, I think a lot of people have the nimbyism right not in my backyard where um, certainly there are instances where that has been a, a huge negative impact to not just residents and neighborhoods, but 
overall. And I think that some people think that zoning in general has a very negative impact. Well, in some cases, it can be very positive. Um, so is there anything in particular that sticks out in your mind that may have kind of, you know, seemed negative at the beginning and then turned positive? Well, I think in Atlanta, we find a way to turn most things positive. <laughs> uh, you know, something that turned positive that may have seemed negative at first. Well, I can tell you I see it on a daily basis that what I see and hear and feel amongst our communities and small neighborhoods is not necessarily what you might see on the news or that you see on social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one example I can think of is in the Kirkwood neighborhood. There's an organization that's called Kirkwood Cares, and they help um, elderly residents on fixed incomes to fix up their houses. And these communities help people that have lived there for a long time to maintain their residences. And I really feel like when you get down to it that there are differences between neighbors, but there's a spirit of helping and love in all these neighborhoods that Atlantans share. Mm. So I think that, you know, the closeness we share uh, allows us to, to get to know our neighbors still and uh, to find out what needs they have or how we can help each other. I love it. I love it. And, and you're right. That stuff doesn't get nearly enough airtime for sure. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, again, the future of Atlanta real estate. We're just in the last two years, we've seen a substantial increase in the average value. The median prices are through the roof by comparison, at least. Um, and I think the Atlanta Realtors just released something this past week that said we're now up like $528,000 in our average price point, which to me, that's kind of crazy because I've only been in the business a couple of years now. Uh, and when I got in, it was in the threes to, to have a five now at the beginning of that number seems a little crazy. So where are you? Do you, do you feel like we're still going to, um, as far as market outlook, obviously, I assume your crystal ball is kind of cloudy like mine is today. But where do you think we're headed in the future here? Is Atlanta going to remain, you know, an affordable spot for most people or do we still have some challenges there? Well, it depends on depends on how you define Atlanta, right? <laughs> I think there are still many areas of relative affordability that have access to the city. I think when people talk about affordability, they talk about, can I afford where I want to live? Um, I, in many parts of the world, housing is just looked at in a different way. We have a wonderful situation here in the United States. I think many people probably live in homes larger than they need. I think uh, we need more housing. Uh, we need to use our open and redeveloped land uh, effectively and use resource efficiency to make sure not only are we utilizing space well, um, a good example of that would be building neighborhoods with common green spaces where not everybody not everybody can have a big backyard in some of these locations, but you can fit more houses. There's been a lot of brownfield remediations, things like that. And I'm talking about close to in town, mm -hmm. um, but also allowing for denser zoning, something that used to exist in the city of Atlanta, uh, were examples would be like a 12 unit condo building, uh, you know, small multifamily, not these giant sprawling um, areas, but kind of mixed density mm -hmm. within neighborhoods. And there's been a lot of pushback against that um, at the NPU level, but that's something that will really help um, at least in-town affordability. And then I think there remain many uh, suburbs that are kind of entering their renovation and renewal phase. Uh, if you look in some of the areas around Atlanta, there's a population that is aging 
out of their large houses and the younger families are looking to move in. So we're starting to see reinvestment in um, to the Roswell area, the Sandy Springs area, all these areas that offer wonderful things for families that are pretty close to town. And uh, I think that's going to continue. As far as pricing, I think we'll be, you know, we'll continue to, to, to grow in price, but the levels we've had the last two years clearly are, you know, the result also of some external economic effects. Uh, but Atlanta's a great place to live and to invest. I always remember I had an inspector tell me once that ever since air conditioning was invented, people had been moving to the south. And it sure seems like that to me. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. All right, so earlier you mentioned, um, and this happens in town as well as out in the suburbs, especially in the, I want to call them older suburbs, like Sandy Springs, even though it became a city in 2005. So in town, there's a lot of old homes, 100 years old, 80 years old, 75 years old. And there's like one, two or three things that happen with those homes. They get refinished, renovated, you know, people go through and make them a little more modern and a little more updated. Uh, the second is that they tear it down, they build a newer, more modern home, maybe a larger uh, home in general to take advantage of the space that they do have in town. Um, or uh, an assemblage where, you know, four or five of these homes get sold and then they build 20 townhomes or whatever. So, and that, again, applies kind of all over the city. <laughs> so what's happening in Sandy Springs is just like what's happening in Grant Park is just like what's happening in the West Side where total redevelopment from like industrial to now residential is happening. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, redevelopment, because I, I love that you mentioned that, but I, I don't think people really understand there's a number, and I only mentioned three, there's probably really like 103 other things that can happen when it comes to redevelopment. But we do have a lot of aging inventory, and you mentioned the demographics as well. A lot of baby boomers that are on the edge of retirement or within the next five to 10 years that will be retiring. We originally thought, I think, that they were going to stay in their bigger homes, that they were going to uh, you know, maybe have family come back and visit, or maybe they would downsize and then find a place at the beach or in the mountains to kind of split time and stuff as they retired. But what have you seen? And then talk to us a little bit about redevelopment, not just in town, but out in the burbs as well. Well, I can tell you that we do have some suburban areas where some of those transitions are being held off by tax breaks that our aging population receives where they're not paying the, uh, the portions for the schools. Um, that combined with affordability actually has uh, a lot of our aging population stuck in homes that are too large for them and are unaffordable or unmaintainable in other ways. Uh, I would say that uh, something I think about a lot of times and that I repeat to people when I kind of give those real estate general points is there's a funny thing about the best locations and that those are the ones that were taken up a long time ago. You can all, you can go all the way back to, you know, that the first cities and still most of our United States population lives not far from the East coast or the West coast. So a lot of these great locations are taken up and they've been passed up over the years when those homes have aged as there's always a thirst for new construction homes. People love new things. Uh, but many of the generations of homes and the locations uh, offer great combinations for people who want to live closer to town uh, but need more space or more access to amenities that uh, close-in suburbs might have to offer. Gotcha. I love it. And, and that's also going to transform the way that some of these cities are built and transformed and created and established because 
um, you know, so, say for instance, Roswell to Canton Street or City Springs and Sandy Springs, Johns Creek, all these new cities, Brookhaven even, that's kind of cropped up over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, really, that's only segmenting these different areas in these different cities. And now they all want their own downtown area and their own restaurant, you know, scene and so on and so forth. So without going too deep <laughs> on, uh, you know, vehicles and transportation, autonomous driving. I mean, there's a lot that we could, this could probably be a whole series of podcasts, as a matter of fact, as, as it relates to transportation in, in Atlanta. But talk to us a little bit about the cities and and transportation in general, because you mentioned the Beltline earlier. I think that's going to be a wonderful tool for a lot of people that are in town to, to have that connectivity that they currently don't have. Um, but certainly outside of the Beltline, I mean, is there anything else that you're excited about or, or see kind of coming down the pike? Well, you mentioned kind of the redevelopment of these small downtowns, and even I might not be knowledgeable enough to speak directly on this, but Alpharetta kind of created a downtown, you know, and uh, you can look, uh, I think Atlantic Station is kind of an early development. I can remember when Atlantic Steel was there driving in and out of town, which makes me sound older than I might be. Uh, But... You know, I think you'll continue to see that because we know people like to to get out of their cars and walk. I think there's a large reflex of that in the generation of suburban commuter kids who might have been in the car for 45 minutes for an hour or two every day. And their parents who may have been commuting back and forth from downtown or another suburb. I mean, the pandemic has so many people working from home, which adds another element to it. Um, But I'd say one thing that has been a wonderful development in town that still develops is the uh, transit-oriented development. So, you know, everybody likes to rip on MARTA. It should be bigger. It should be more expansive. There's this crazy idea. Why don't we build denser housing where this super expensive heavy rail already is? And that's not exclusive to the city of Atlanta. It reaches outside of Atlanta and the bus network reaches all the way into North Fulton County. There are tie-ins into Gwinnett and other counties um, that are in the Atlanta metro area. So I think that will continue. And I think that the rejuvenation and, uh, you know, the product mix that small downtowns offer will continue to be attractive because one thing that people have to remember is that the, uh, the level of service, the variety of retail and shopping and dining that they love is dependent on the people that work in those places their ability to afford to live there. So that's one reason when you go to these smaller downtowns that if not have more affordable housing immediately adjacent, it's not as difficult as a commute is coming into downtown. And it's amazing because you can, you can have specialty shops. You can, uh, you've got restaurants where, um, you know, the people that work there can afford to live close by. Everybody's happier in those situations. And, uh, it's attractive. And I think people don't realize where that value is coming from. They just know whether they've got what they want or they're getting the service they want. And they don't necessarily tie that back to, hey, can people live in this area and provide those services? So that ties all the way back to when Atlanta was its kind of original series of neighborhoods and you had the local general store or a few neighborhood restaurants where people just walked right there and they knew their neighbors at the store Um so it's, it's full circle in many ways, and it's just getting bigger and bigger, and it's exciting. Yeah. Well, and it's complex, right? It's not as easy as saying it's just affordable housing. It's this, it's that, it's the other. And your earlier point, too, about the uh, higher density, I know that we look a lot at that uh, in Roswell, in Sandy Springs, in Buckhead even, about 
you know, putting higher density projects closer to MARTA. Um, and I believe they're doing the same thing east and west on MARTA as well, because to your point, the investments aren't even made. It only makes sense to have that readily available there for people to use. But anyway, I love it. Well, I, we'll have to end it there, but we'll definitely have you back on to communicate and talk some more about your knowledge, but also, um, you know, would love to hear a little more about just in kind of closing here, your experience with the ARA, um, the different positions that you've held, maybe the biggest thing that you've gotten out of it, because I think a lot of people really start there and then they forget that this is a volunteer opportunity. It's an opportunity to get engaged and network and so on and so forth. So if you had to kind of summarize your ARA experience, um, how would you do that? I would say that uh, my association work has served as an anchor in a business that feels very independent at times, even if you're a member of a wonderful brokerage. I would say that volunteerism by its nature is a laboratory for ideas and openness that's unique. Um, it lets your skills rise to the top, whatever those may be. And, uh, you know, my feeling and goal is I want people that walk in the door to have as great of an experience as I've had here. So I appreciate your time, yeah. which uh, I know is the only resource with which we can create other resources. So um, with that, I'll say thank you and let you wrap it up. Well, I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for your time, your expertise, your volunteering for the association as well. It means a lot, not just to me and everyone here, but I know uh, even members that don't always see the behind the scenes that's going on because there's a lot more happening behind those scenes that, uh, that most people don't realize. So uh, we appreciate you for checking out the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, follow along for the future episodes. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe, and for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.